Vanessa Hunter has mentored men and women in the network marketing industry for over 20 years. Her passion is empowering others to develop a belief in themselves that will propel them to realize their greatest dreams. And now, please welcome your host, Vanessa Hunter. Welcome to Guts, Grace, and Gratitude podcast. My guest today is my good friend and business associate, Steve Schultz. Steve has been a network marketing professional for over 27 years. Originally an elementary school teacher, Steve quickly became a top earner in the very first network marketing company he was ever exposed to. Now, obviously, that doesn't happen to everyone, but industry icon Tom Hopkins has called Steve one of the greatest trainers in the history of the direct selling industry. An icon himself, Steve has also been mentioned in numerous books by renowned authors such as Dr. Charles King, Dr. Tom Barrett, Jordan Adler, and the late Mark Yarnell. So vast is his experience that he wrote his own book, Yes, Sometimes It Is About the Money, which details the pitfalls and successes of his journey. So Steve, first of all, welcome to the Guts, Grace, and Gratitude podcast. Oh, Vanessa, it is great to be here. Thank you so much for the, uh, for the invitation. I'm so excited to be interviewing you today because we've had many, many conversations about what makes people successful in the network marketing industry. We have, we've probably uh, drilled this particular topic to death. So I want to start by asking you what you think the one character trait um, every successful marketer needs to possess. Well, I'll tell you what, I, you know, it's, it's funny, Vanessa, because, you know, when I first got into this industry, um, and, I, and I, I, I think it's similar to how most people get started in this industry. I think most people get in just to make some extra money on the side of what they currently do. And then some people realize, hey, you know what, this can be a, this can be a pretty interesting, uh, interesting deal. This is something that I could, that I could do full time. So I think when you take a, a, a you know a look at all the sex, successful people in the, in our industry, um, I think one thing that everybody needs to possess is a desire, a desire to to better themselves. I mean, I was in a situation where I was a school teacher, not making enough money. I thought this would be a great way for me to supplement my income. But as I started to make income, I realized, hey, I don't need to just supplement my income. I could possibly replace my income and do this full time and and I started to hang around people who had already done that and I thought to myself that's the kind of lifestyle that I want to live and so I created a desire to make that a reality and I think anybody that is successful in this industry has that burning desire to to you know go from point A to point B but here's what here's the difference V I think the really successful people are not happy at point B. They want to go to C and D and E, and they just want to keep moving up the ladder. So I think it's having a, a real desire to succeed and continue to set goals and hit those goals along the way. So so I, I think that one of the things that you're saying is that you're not satisfied. You're not ever satisfied. I know that no. about you. You are not ever yeah. satisfied with where you are. No, and, and I'll tell you what, I, when you talk about successful people in our industry, I don't think anybody's ever satisfied. I mean, I may be brushing with a pretty broad stroke there, but uh, painting with a broad stroke, but I, I truly believe that. I, I'm a person who's never satisfied. I'll get to a certain level and I'll say, okay, that's great. The journey was wonderful, but now that I'm here, does that mean it's over with? Does that mean I get to stop now? And, and obviously the answer is no. The answer is no because there is always somebody, there's always somebody 
who's doing things a little bit better than you. They're making a little bit more money. They have a little bit bigger organization. Um, and to me, to me, Vanessa, I'll be honest with you, it's always been about the money. It's always been about making money in this industry. Um, and I said to myself, hey, if I can get to you know a certain income level, that's wonderful. But once I got there, I said, hey, I'm going to try to get to the next level. I was never, ever satisfied. Well, I remember you saying that initially you were like, hey, if we could just make a car payment and then it got bigger, yeah. if we could just make a house payment and just yeah. bigger and bigger and bigger until you were able to completely quit your job and work this full time. So, um, so that's quite a journey. So with that in mind then, let me ask you this, and this is kind of going in a different direction than I was planning, but with that in mind, what exactly, if you had the opportunity to recruit somebody who'd been doing the same job at the same company for 20 years or somebody that had been um, hopping around to different companies or moving up through the ranks, who would you want to recruit? Boy, that's a that's a very difficult question. I mean, if somebody was hopping around from different company to different company because they were constantly getting promoted, um, I would. Boy, I don't know how to answer that question, Vanessa, because maybe they're happy in the maybe they're happy in the corporate world, and maybe that's not the person I'm really looking for. Um, maybe I'm looking for the person who's not satisfied, and they said, you know what, there's got to be a better way. My my whole philosophy, V, was I I I, I didn't look at. I didn't. I, I never targeted certain people. I never said I'm going to go after salespeople. I'm going to go after school teachers. I'm going to go after mm -hmm. these people. My whole philosophy was: listen, it's my job to get somebody to look at my opportunity. Now, whether they did it or not, that really wasn't my my issue. My my, my, my the only thing I wanted to do was get them in front of the opportunity, give them give them the information. And if they said yes, then I'd put them in my back pocket and we'd set a game plan together and we would run with it. And so I, I guess to answer your question is it doesn't really matter to me because I don't know what their desire is. I don't know where they want to be in life until until we had that first initial interview and I could show them what the opportunity was all about and then I could gauge it from there. So if they can fog a mirror, Vanessa, I wanted them in my business. <laughs> 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 and that's that's one of the unique things about you that a lot of people don't have. I think that over the years people do um, get thicker skin and they do toughen up. But I know initially the rejection, when somebody says no, it's a big, big issue for people. I don't think that you face that as much because I think that, and this is just me from the outside looking in on, on your journey and, and the things that, you know, the things I've read and the things we've talked about is I don't think that impacted you so much. I feel like you had the attitude that if they said no, they weren't saying no to you. They were saying no because they just didn't see it. You are wrong, Miss Vanessa. Really? <laughs> really? Oh, I took it hard. I took it hard. I took rejection extremely hard. I, I honestly thought that in the beginning that they were rejecting me they didn't like me. They thought I was crazy for being involved in these kind of in, in this kind of industry. I took it really hard at the beginning. It took it took a little while, Vanessa, for me to understand that hey, people are people. People are people, and that they weren't rejecting me. And I finally got to a point where I said, "Listen, I don't care if you join my business or not. I am going to show you what I'm doing, and if you want to do it, we're going to make a bunch of money together. If not," 
Who cares? And I went on to the next person. But it took me, it took me a little while to figure that out. And V, I'm talking, you know, a couple of years before I really, really realized that people were not rejecting me. They, 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 they still did kind of like me. I really realized that they were rejecting change. And that's tough for a lot of people. Change is very, very difficult for people. And so when most people get involved in this industry, I think their number one fear is the fear of rejection. You know, people would rather not ask somebody to join as, as opposed to getting rejected. So, so they don't ask. You know, they forget to ask for the order. Well, that is one of the main things that I try to teach people today is, listen, you know, after you show them the opportunity, ask them to join. You know, I think people, we live in a world where people want to be told what to do. And so when you show them the opportunity, the next step is, all right, it's time to get started. And tell them, tell them exactly what the next step is and walk them through that process. But, yeah, I think you're right about most people, including me, is that fear, the fear of rejection is a, is a big, big obstacle. It was for me in the beginning, but because I hung around people who were living the lifestyle that I wanted to achieve someday, I was, over, I was able to overcome that. So when you were looking at, at the people that you were hanging around and the fact that they obviously had had to overcome that themselves, they had obviously probably met the same – or did you feel that way? Did you feel like the, that they had met the same obstacles or do you, did you feel that they had some magic thing about them that made people want to join them? Well, at, in the beginning, I thought they had some magic formula. I thought they had right. some magic potion that they sprinkled on people because I would look at the <laughs> successful people and say, well, yeah, but everybody says yes to you. Right. And after I got to know these people, I realized that, no, they, they get rejected just like I get rejected. Uh -huh. And that is, that's what helped me, V. That's what helped me. I built relationships with people that I wanted to be like financially. And when I did that, I realized that they had nothing on me. Those people had nothing on me except time. They had been rejected more times than I have, <laughs> and I realized right. that I just needed to get beat up more. And once I realized that, then then it was then it was pretty easy. Hmm, that's that's really interesting. I think that when you have other people to look to look at as mentors or role models, it makes it easy on those days that you're not having a great day when you've been rejected and when yeah. you face. Uh, when you face, you know, some disappointment, I think it makes it easier when you do have somebody else to look up to and say, well, you know, I'm sure they went through that as well. Let me jump in because I'm, I want to I want to go off of that point just a little bit. You yeah. are so right. You are so right about that. And that's why I believe that weekly meetings are so important, not mm -hmm. only business presentations but trainings that, that people can, you know, and I'm talking about public meetings because it's almost like therapy. It's almost like therapy. You go to these meetings, you know, and maybe you had a bad week and all of a sudden you go to a meeting and you see a couple hundred people in the room and then it just, it just revitalizes you. And, and, and you, you, you can talk to people who, who may be going through some of the same struggles. And, V, I would go around the, the world and I would, I would do training classes and all I would do is tell stories, you know. I would just tell stories of what happened to me. And I know that inspired a bunch of people because people looked at me and said, oh, my gosh, if it's happening to Steve, you know, then, then, it, then it's okay. It's happening. It happened to Steve. It happened to me. I'm on the right track. And that's why I wrote the book. That's why I wrote the book, Yes, Sometimes It Is About the Money, because anybody can at any time go grab that book and read what happened to me over the past, you know, 26-plus years in this industry. Right. And the one thing that I absolutely positively did right is that I never quit. 
is that I never mm-hmm. quit. You know, I mm-hmm. got beat up, and people said, you're nuts and you're crazy. And I'm like, well, listen, that, that's great. But everybody who told me that, none of them were willing to make my car payment. Nobody was willing to make my house payment. Nobody was willing to educate my kids. You know, and so I thought to myself, why would I listen to them? You know, right. why would I listen to people who weren't willing to do that? And those, that's the kind of stuff that I wrote in my book, and that's the kind of stuff that inspired me when I was having a tough time. I would hear other people tell those stories, and I said, hey, if they can do it, I can do it. That is, that's really powerful, I think, for people. And I know, speaking of children, speaking of nobody's willing to educate your kids, let me Mm -hmm. ask you this. Would you recommend, and I know that your kids are now, you know, they're adults. All three of them are adults. Would you recommend network marketing to them? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I've got, I've got three kids, three children. Uh, my oldest daughter, Megan, is 27. She's an attorney. Um, my daughter Emily is 26. She just turned 26, as a matter of fact. She is a um, uh, she's a registered nurse. And my son Mike, um, he's 23. He has one semester of school left. Um, they are they grew up they grew up in a household where mom and dad, you know, did not have a real job. Um, I was doing this business full time when my kids were four, two, and newborn, and so they never really saw mom and dad with a with a real job. Um, I, you know, I instilled in these guys that you've got to get, you've got to get an education. And so obviously all three <clears throat> have their college degrees except Mike. Let's, let's everybody cross their fingers. One more semester. Woohoo. Um, <laughs> one more semester. <laughs> but what, what happened is, is that, you know, the real world hasn't beaten these kids up yet. Mm-hmm. You know, Megan as a, as a young attorney, she, she gets stressed out. Um, Emily working as a registered nurse, she gets stressed out. Uh, Mike, you know, he's still, in, in, you know, in his college days a little bit. He he gets stressed out because of schoolwork and things like that. But um, they all know what, that what I've done for the last 26 years, um, and they they respect it. They know that's that's the lifestyle because of this industry. That's the lifestyle that they've been able to live uh, live live with, you know, for their entire lives. Um, my daughter Emily is the one who is involved in, in network marketing, and she is building a, a small business on the side. Um, but absolutely, I would recommend this industry to anybody, including my own children. But I would tell them, i say, listen, just build this business on the side of what you're currently doing because when your part-time income starts to exceed your full-time income, well, obviously at that point you would have the greatest problem in the world to have. And, you know, I tell people all the time, Vanessa, I said, listen, if you don't do something in this industry, I mean, if you don't, have a business on the side of what you're currently doing, I said, find one. Find right. one. Um, there's nothing wrong with building safety nets out there. And the network marketing industry is something that uh, gives everybody an opportunity to build that uh, to build that safety net. Absolutely. You mentioned something a moment ago, and I just want to touch on it because I was speaking with um, I was speaking with Marina Warre recently, and she was talking about the network marketing profession. And I mm-hmm. and I was laughing and saying, yes, we used to say, oh, I'm in network marketing or I'm in the industry. Now we say I'm a network marketing professional. And it reminded me of that a moment ago when you said your kids didn't know their parents having a real job. And now and, – and as we grew up through network marketing, that's the way it was. It was looked uh, upon as a less than desirable job to have, as a less than desirable path. I think the – Tables have turned quite a bit now, and it's actually a respected profession. 
And so I find people saying more and more when I talk to them and when I meet them at networking events that they, they call themselves network marketing professionals. And I think that there is such a huge, huge difference in the attitude of people, say, even 20 years ago or 10 years ago, um, compared to the way people feel about being in the industry today. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and I grew up in that era. I grew up in this mm-hmm. industry that, you know, people kind of looked at it sideways a little bit. Um, it was something that you just kind of did on the side of what you currently do. And, right. and isn't, that, isn't that funny that I even that I even said that, just even in this interview, right. that, you know, mom and dad never had a real job. It's like, well, no, this is a real job. This is a real <laughs> profession. But the difference is... For, is for, for it not being a real job, you're certainly paid well, aren't you? Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? The, the checks do cash, don't they? The checks do cash. And I think the difference is, is that it's the time freedom. I, I shouldn't say time freedom. It's the freedom that you have to work when you want to work. And, you know, those of us who decided to do this profession full-time, um, those of you who are listening to this right now, think about the day that you decided to do it full-time. Um, it was nerve-wracking. For me, V, when I decided to leave my teaching position to do this full-time, the first thing I thought of was, how am I going to be busy enough? Am I going to have enough to do every single day to justify doing this business full-time? And I think it took me about four hours to figure out, yeah, I will be busy enough. <laughs> <laughs> so if you could give advice to your former self, to your to your um to Steve, who was just getting involved in network marketing, who was dabbling, who was still a teacher, if you could give advice to yourself, would you do anything differently, or did you do you feel like you really struck the right path? Well, here's I'm, I'm going to answer that in two different ways. Number one, I would not change a thing because I would not be in the position that I'm in today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the position I'm in today. Now, let me go back. Um, the only thing, V, that I think I would do differently, and, and you and I have talked about this a thousand times, is I would work with the right people. Mm-hmm. Um, in the beginning, and, and, I, and I guarantee you, V, when you interview other you know, successful people in this industry, they're going to say the exact same thing. Right. I try to drag people across the finish line of success. Um, we have a tendency to go talk to people who really need this industry as opposed to people who people who are struggling financially, I had a tendency to go to go talk to those people first for some reason. I don't know why I did that because I was afraid to talk to people who were already successful. I went, oh, why would they be interested in something like this? But what happened was, is I would get people involved in the business, and I would the people who were not returning my phone calls, the people that I that that were really struggling in building the business. And when I say struggling, they were struggling with themselves. They, they were afraid to make appointments. They, 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 they didn't come to the events. And I would spend too much time with those people. Right. Instead of working with the people that were flying, okay? Mm-hmm. And I think it's just human nature that we tend to gravitate towards people who are maybe are, are, this is a bad choice of term words here, but maybe they're a little bit weaker. So I'm going to go help the weak a little bit. Well, what, what I found out was all that did was brought me down. When they weren't weak at all, they just didn't have the desire to build the way that I had. And so, right. if I was going to change anything, Vanessa, is that I would work with the willing. I would work with the willing. I would spend all of my time with the people that wanted this as badly as I did. 
Mm-hmm. And so it's about sorting those people out and figuring out who that is. Yeah, so. and, and you know what? Everybody in your organization has a, has a role, okay? The, mm-hmm. the, the marginal players, and like I said, these are bad choices of words, but the people that, you know, got in maybe just to use the product and maybe they just signed up a couple of people, they wanted to make an extra $200 or maybe $100 a month, there's definitely a need for those people in the organization. But if right. you want to go out there and build a massive million-dollar organization, go work with the people who don't necessarily need your help. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily need your help. Go work with those people because that's right. where all the action is. Right. Got it. So I, I could talk, you know, we could talk about for hours and hours and hours, and we'll definitely have you back on to talk about other topics. But I want to talk about this podcast in particular because we're running out of time here. The, mm-hmm. the time flies very, very quickly. Um, so I want to talk about this podcast. I know that when I first mentioned it to you, I, I mentioned that I wanted to do a call for women and you were a little confused about the purpose of it. And I think a lot of men feel that way when they first hear about it. And so I wanted to, I wanted to kind of explore that with you because you're kind of safe territory for me to be able to explore that. Um, what was your first impression when I said I want to do a women's event or a women's call? What was your first impression of that? My very, very first impression, and I didn't say these words to you, but the first thing I said was, why? 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 Why do women need a special call? That's the first thing I thought of me. Because I thought to myself, well, why are women in this industry different than men? We all go through the exact same things. We all get rejected. You know, we can all celebrate our successes together. And I didn't think there was a difference. I didn't think men and women looked at this industry or struggled in this industry any more than than anybody did. Mm-hmm. And so my first my first my first reaction was my first reaction was why? why 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 do you need this? Why 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 do women need this? And now that you've had a chance um to listen to our first forum call and obviously you and I have had many many discussions since then has has that perspective changed for you? Well, it has it has, um, and I, I don't know if it was just, just it, it, the information was 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 eye opening a little bit, um, realizing that men and women react differently in different situations, and I, I you know I don't know if this is right or wrong V or not, but I I always just I, I just I just kind of let things go. I mean I I don't even I, I guess. It was very, very difficult for me to understand that women reacted differently to certain situations in this industry than men did. Mm-hmm. And I realized after listening to you and listening to you know some of the other um, um, webinars and podcasts that you've done that yeah, there's a huge difference. There's a huge mm-hmm. difference, you know. And and that was certainly eye-opening for me. And I realized I have a lot to learn. I have a lot to learn. Well, what's interesting, um, thank you for that. What's interesting is that when I first mentioned, I consider you, you know, a very neutral party. I never, ever in my wildest dreams thought that you would think anything about a women's call. I didn't, I didn't expect any resistance. I consider you completely neutral in terms of gender. I don't consider you someone who, who, 
is um, sexist in any way or, or has any preconceived notions about men or women or anything like that. I just consider you neutral on that topic. And so in mentioning it to you and seeing your initial reaction, I was I thought, uh-oh, if I can't get him to understand this, then we've got an uphill battle here. And um, and I'll be completely candid with you. When when men are neutral about women's things, I, I'm, you know, I just feel like they need more information to fully understand what women need. But when they're resistant to it, I have visions of that 70s character Archie Bunker <laughs> from All in the Family. That's the kind of thing. It feels so archaic to me, and it feels so – it's such an assault to me on on women in general, and I just have a hard time. And then I've you're you really enlightened me in terms of helping me understand that if you've never seen something through a woman's eyes or walked in her high heels, <laughs> then you really for us to assume that you know what our issues are and you know why we need a call like this is really egotistical. It's I felt very I felt bad afterwards. I thought, "Wow, wow, you're really full of yourself enough <laughs> if you think everyone sees things from your perspective." And um so it was really refreshing. It was nice to have that conversation. I I appreciate the fact that you provided that safe ground so we could both explore this um in mm -hmm. a very honest way and um, I just appreciate that so I just wanted to tell you well and, and that's it V I'm, I'm very very open-minded you know I'm super super open-minded I, I I feel like I will you know to the day I die I will never stop learning I will never stop you know trying to understand things in this world and when you brought this to my attention literally I my first reaction was why and then you start talking to me about some things I'm like geez all right that's cool but I was very, very open to, to understanding, yeah. you know, the reason for all of this. I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm. let's give it a shot, you know? Right, right. And I think the more the more I talk to women and they bring things to the forefront, you know, challenges that they've had and, and, and just the different things that they face in business on a daily basis. And I'll tell you what, I will say this. In the network marketing profession, Women are much, much more of an equal than they are in the rest of the world. I really believe that. I believe that there are many, many professions out there um, where women really have to struggle um, and really have to fight for things and, and fight for equal pay and fight for equal respect and fight for a place at the boardroom table and things like that. And I think network marketing certainly levels the playing field for us but probably not as much as we would like it to. And that's the purpose of of this call and this podcast and, and, and all of that is to get people to communicate in a way that they truly understand each other's needs and they truly understand each other's challenges so that we can all overcome this and, and get to a point where we don't need a gender-specific call. Well, it's, it's interesting, V, because network marketing um, is the great equalizer. You know, comp yeah. plans don't see mm -hmm. don't see gender. You know, if, right. you, if you do the work, you get paid. And you know, I've heard you. You know, um, I've heard some of your statistics that say that seventy percent of this industry is made up of women, and it truly is the great equalizer. Mm -hmm. But it's it's you know what you've taught me and what I you're you're helping me understand is how women deal with 
building a network marketing business. It's not so much it's not so much the income because that that can't be touched. The comp plan is what the comp plan is, but it's how women are perceived. It's how it's how they react to different situations, and that's what I have to learn because I and have a tendency. They, like, what, oh, go ahead. And and how they perceive themselves, and that's that's what I really want to get across to people that women are not inferior because of what men have done to them. Women are, are if they feel inferior or if they are being treated differently, many, many times it, it's because of their own obstacles that they have to overcome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree. I totally agree with all of that. I, it's, it's, you know, there's, it seems like in life there's drama, but it seems like in, in network marketing there's even more drama. Right. And, you know, and guys sometimes they just like whatever, and they just kind of blow it off. And, and women have right. a tendency to, to, gosh, I hope I'm, I hope I'm not getting in trouble here, but it, it seems to drag on a little bit more. Um, and that's the thing that 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 I guess I didn't understand. It's like there can be drama, and, and guys have a tendency to go whatever. I'm going to go sponsor a new distributor. Um, and you know, th- those are the things that I have to that I have to learn. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just one of those things. And I think that the nice thing is the more we have the opportunity to explore it in a forum like this, then then the the more people will understand each other. That's my that's really my desire is to um provide a platform for people to have the discussion so that well, we can have greater understanding. Yeah, and you know in in you know my 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 whole thinking was or is is like I don't care who's on that stage as long as they get on the stage. If if it's if it's Bill or Mary, I could care less. I couldn't care less. Yeah. If it's yeah. Bill or Mary, whoever gets there first, I'm going to pray that person across the stage. I'm going to I'm going to edify them. You know, I'm going to make them, you know, I'm going to recognize them for what they've done. But mm-hmm. it has nothing in my eyes that has nothing to do with gender. Right. 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 Very cool. Well, and and the reason, and one of the reasons that we're talking about this, 74, 74%, I was just corrected, 74% of the, um, of the people, of the distributors in this industry are women. And with that, and, and this has always been my, this is what I look at all the time. I go, okay, 74% of the network marketers are women, and yet the top earners in the company are very, very often men. There are women top earners. Don't get me wrong. I'm not taking anything away from them. But very often it's it's dominated by men. And if you take that over into the corporate side of network marketing, it's even more obvious, even companies that are owned by women. So it's kind of shocking, and and it's kind of it's one of those things that because the statistics are speaking so loud, we have to pay attention and we have to explore it and we have to dissect it to figure out what's going on. What are the stumbling blocks? What are the things women are facing, and what are the things that we can help them get over, or give them a boost up, or you know help them overcome and make the pave the way for other women who are following in our footsteps, so that their life is a lot easier. And, yeah, I think and, you're absolutely right. You, you, you know, when I mentioned the comp plan, I was talking about the distributor side, but you're right on the uh, on the corporate side of things. It is male dominated, which is which is strange when you talk about how many women are actually building very successful businesses in this industry. Right, right. It's a, it's really interesting. Anyway, we are completely out of time. I would love to have you back on a future podcast so we can explore some of these other topics. You've got so much experience in this industry. You have helped so many people. 
Uh, you have mentored so many people. I think a lot of, I know a lot of people look to you and say, well, Steve, is, Steve has shown us the way. And that goes for both men and women. And for that, we are truly, truly, truly grateful for everything that you've done for everyone in this industry and everything you continue to do. You are a true icon. And more than anything, you've got a heart of gold in helping other people achieve their dreams. So I appreciate that. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you telling me that. And like, like I said, I, that, that, that goes a long ways. Um, you know, I, that's, that's one of the most rewarding parts about this business is that, um, you know, when people come up to you and say, hey, thank you, you know, you've helped me change my life, you've done this for my family, um, whether it's men or women, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, my whole goal, because I understand network marketing, you can't do this by yourself. There's no way you, mm -hmm. can, you can make the kind of money that we make if, by doing it by yourself. You have to empower, empower other people. Um, and one of, the, one of the greatest quotes that I, that, I, that I brought back or that I heard from uh, Marina um, uh, Worries uh, women's event, somebody got on stage and they said, the goal is get on the stage as fast as you can and get off as fast as you can. <laughs> Make room for the <laughs> yeah. people in your organization. I love that. I absolutely love that. And I can't see myself doing anything um, other than working in this industry forever and ever and ever. And when people say, oh, I'm going to retire, it's like, oh, retire from what? Retire from hanging out with fun people like yourself? <laughs> it's like, ah, we're going to do that forever. <laughs> right. Thanks for joining us on the Guts, Grace, and Gratitude podcast. As I mentioned in the intro, Steve wrote the book, Yes, Sometimes It Is About the Money. And you can get that either on Amazon or if you'd like a signed copy, go to thestevescholtz.com. That is T-H-E-S-T-E-V-E-S-C-H-U-L-Z.com, thestevescholtz.com, and he will get get you a signed version of his book. Yes, sometimes it is about the money. All right, please join us next time on the Guts, Grace, and Gratitude podcast.